Welcome to the One Rental at a Time podcast. This is your host, Michael Zuber. This is the show where we interview guests involved in the real estate business, from experts to newbies, wholesalers, flippers, buy and hold, apartments, commercial, notes, hard money, Airbnb, mobile homes. It doesn't matter. If you're involved in the business, we want to talk to you. This show relies on referrals and recommendations from our listeners. If you know someone we should talk to, please make a recommendation. As the author of One Rental at a Time, The Journey to Financial Freedom, I'm dedicated to helping you take your first or your next step on your real estate journey. But I need your help. We need to spread the message of One Rental at a Time Works. Please share this podcast, my YouTube channel, and of course, my book, all called One Rental at a Time. Thanks, and let's start the show. Hey, everyone. Uh, I got a great interview for you today. I have an investor realtor agent uh, with me today, uh, Casey Della. Uh, how are you doing this morning, Casey? I'm great. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing very well. Good. So, so uh, you know, I, I, I spend a little bit of time on social media. I'm looking for people that are passionate about the business and and are putting out great material. And, and I caught one of your interviews and I, I reached out and I said, let's see if she'll take an invitation with someone she's never met. So I, I appreciate you saying yes. Uh, and now we get to talk about being investors and in, in what you're doing. So, so what are you and your husband doing in the business? Um, so my husband and I basically started in the business about, uh, honestly, about 13 months ago. So okay. we're fairly new into investing. Um, uh, currently, we own a, a few different LLCs and we've really done everything. Um, I think we've done around 20 deals in our first year and every all of that ranges from wholesaling we've done several flips um and we've also uh kind of listed distressed properties when it seemed appropriate so kind of that beginner real estate stuff well let's give yourself some credit you know 20 transactions <laughs> in 13 months is uh that's fast right i, I talk to people all yeah. the time and you know most of them are like the first six months they're they're happy to get one right so um you know be proud of that fact well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's, it's kind of crazy. Well, a lot of people also don't just dive in, right? They usually kind of have a side job or something like that. But um, my, it was actually, it was, it was last December. My, my husband and I actually were both in um, sales, uh, actually like window doors and siding. So your okay. typical in-home, one call close type of sale. Um, and he got me into that when we got married. We've been married only about a little over three years and some change. Um, and he had moved me over here to Dallas and, and he's like, Hey, I think you'd be really good at this. Um, and I thought he was crazy, but anyway, <laughs> he got me into the whole sales game and let's be honest as an investor, when you're marketing for your properties, what people don't realize is investing is sales. Oh, it, <laughs> it's sales and it's marketing. Yeah. Um, unless you're buying from other people, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely right. Um, the, you know, if you were to, if you were to say, you know, Michael, you get one skill, that would be the ability to talk to quote unquote sell uh, to motivated sellers. I can fix I everything else. Agree. Yeah. I um, completely agree because I think that's the biggest part of fear for people. So it was funny because we were doing really well. Um, I think him and I were top in our company um, and he had this great idea to get his real estate license. And I thought, you know, his mom, my mom-in-law is uh, one of the top agents in San Antonio and he used to be licensed. He just never really used it. And so he thought, well, if we can sell, windows and this is a true conversation okay he said there's kind of a ceiling right when you're selling kind of home products there's only so many appointments you can go to in a day you're one call closing let's be honest you have like a one percent callback rate so if you're not closing there 
you're not closing. (laughs) So anyway, he was like, what could I do to get my income higher? It would be really just selling bigger ticket items. So of course, naturally we're selling parts of a house. Let's go sell a house. Okay. Um, You know, so you kind of, your, your mind goes down that road and he said, well, you should just do it with me. And I'm a a total nerd and I like to know everything. So I said, what's the harm? I'll go ahead and sure. Why not? (laughs) And then of course, the more that we, you know, started learning and then we started connecting to groups. We're like, hold on though. This investing thing sounds like a lot more fun. Uh, (laughs) It just sounded better. Um, And so we actually, we did get licensed, but we went straight into investing and he quit his job uh, literally a month or two later. And it took me another six months to come around, but we were all in. And so I think we had the, the luxury of already having that safety net not underneath us because we were straight commission for several years. Uh, yeah. You know, and I, and, I, and, I, and I do think that is something that gave us an advantage because I find most people when they get started, there's a lot of the analysis paralysis, but sure. there's also the fear of talking to people. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give you, um, you know, you, do, you did start, you know, a little bit ahead of the game because again, right. Selling windows means you're talking to people, right? You're not, you're not selling windows, uh, over the, over the phone or, you know, you got to meet them at their kitchen table and, you know, take them outside and tell them about, you know, how we can insulate your home better or whatever the, whatever the talk track was. And Mm -hmm. one, one call close, right. That's essentially what you're doing now just with a different buyer, right? Now, instead of talking to people have cash, that want to upgrade your house, you're going to a house that's maybe in a little bit of distress and they can't do anything or times of pressure and your ability to pick up on cues and body language. And, you know, if you guys, I don't know if you go together, but sometimes it's better. The guy talks, sometimes it's better. The lady talks. I mean, there's just so many things you can pick up when you talk to people uh, that you're Mm -hmm. right. Being a full commission, you know, selling windows is, it certainly helped. I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. Um, it's funny. I mean, my husband is very good at this. He is, I mean, he's a closer. Not everybody in sales is a closer. As we all know. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. But uh, he did teach me a lot and we literally eat, sleep and breathe tracks, right? Okay. Over yep. and over and over. And you start to hear, they, they, I think um, it's Brent Daniels. I don't know if you've ever heard of Brent Daniels, yep. but he has program talk to people and he's right it's you just talk to people over and over and over and eventually you're gonna find and connect with somebody and they're going to give you their house yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's gonna happen it's gonna happen exactly right yeah it is. It's, it's uh it's pretty powerful so i'm curious so your husband your husband and his name is what sorry jason name? jason so jason quits he goes all in right away right the typical yeah. ego guy testosterone whatever you want to call it he's like I got this. I got this. I'm in. Right. Forget the selling windows. I want to sell the house. Mm -hmm. Then you come around six months later. So how much did Jason do that first six months by himself or at least not with you full time? Yeah. So um, we were fortunate enough in that we did connect with a local network, a real estate network, um, you know, a guru, so to speak. (laughs) And we did have an instant network and I cannot express how much that contributed to our success out the gate because, you know, as you know, in real estate, you can't know everything. It oh, takes yeah. a lot of time. There's a million different strategies, but we knew numbers and we're like, and we knew how to get something. So we thought if we could just get it, somebody's got to know how to figure this out. So right. he pulled the trigger. And the first thing that we did was we had a database of like, uh, like 400 customers between the two of us over the past several years that are obviously in homes. 
Yep. So we send a ringless voicemail out to all of them, basically saying, you know, Jason's no longer with the company. Casey's going to be taking over the accounts. Um, by the way, he's going to start a business to uh, buy real estate. Huh. So we did like a subtle plug. Sure. Yeah. I do not. One of the phone calls back on that was a guy who said, I've got this house. Did you say your husband buys houses? Um, he's like, I've got this house in Garland. I've had it for four years. It's literally stripped down to the studs. I bought it as a rental project, you know, with me and my sons, but they want nothing to do with it. Will you please take it off my hands? And by the way, I own it free and clear. Oh. And we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. I think we can yeah, figure so something out. <laughs> this happened within a few days of wow. him quitting. So um, that was our first flip that we ever got. And we, we, we bought it. We basically said, well, what are you going to do uh, with the money once, once you get it? Sure. And he says, I don't know, probably reinvest it. And we said, great. Why don't you just let us reno the house and we'll pay you at the end. And we'll pay you interest only while we reno. And he goes, great. You know, we'll pay you. The cash. Uh. I think he did. The poor guy didn't know about points. He was like, "Listen, here's like a five percent loan until you flip the house, which is gold." <laughs> yeah, well, it's. I mean, first off, you you clearly helped him out, right? He was he was mid reno. Had probably been not touched for eighteen months, just guessing, knowing other stories, and he was ready to get out. So he was happy to you know get five percent right. for I don't know right exactly. Months, um, and actually, I, now that I remember, he did go out knocking doors before this. Like he went right out the gate, and he did get like a, he did get a couple doors with with a, a more seasoned person, and you know that got a little referral off of that. But this was like our first like acquired deal. Yeah. So anyway, we found a partner to do that, handed it off. So honestly, within the first, I want to say two to three months, he had already generated about a hundred grand in cash from wholesaling a flip here and there and some kind of referrals from like short sales. But All we right. partnered on those. Sure. So how much did you keep? So gosh, I don't, honestly, I don't even remember. Basically, let's say half. Yeah. Let's just half say half. It. You so, know, cause usually you just kind of do a 50 50 yep. when you have no idea what you're doing. Right. Yeah, of course. You, you take someone's expertise, you find the deal and there's oh. a partnership. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's frankly what you should do, right? You're, you're paying for the knowledge and the experience. Yes. Um, you know, so that's, that's, that's great. So, so Jason, he's a rock star. He's a closer. So he generates, <laughs> you know, significant transactions without your help. Now you quit six months later, feels like the situation explodes. There's two closers out there, uh, you know, other avenues and more people to talk to. Uh, is that fair to say or, or what happened? Yeah. So he was begging me to quit a long time before that. <laughs> he was like, cause I'm, he's a big picture guy. I'm an incredible, I'm like a managerial, uh, like practical, how do we take it from here to here type of a person. And so yep. before you know it, he was like, you have got to help me. I need help with title and closing these deals. Um, he's like, I just need to be out there yeah. getting the deals. So I finally gave in and was like, okay, let's go. So he, um, so he brings you the file and says, Hey, I got one, two, three main street. They agree to the price. Here's the contract. Now you take it the rest of the way. Oh yeah. I mean, that's pretty much how it is. <laughs> how it was. He was like, my wife will call you Casey, go get this. You know, like it was just kind of this like tag team kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah, um, I, got, I got a fish on the hook. Now you get him in the boat. I'm going to go get the next one. Yeah. Really? That's kind of how it was. And so we learned uh, awesome. and we, we, we sat down and we thought, okay, there's a lot of people doing this now. So we talked to several people and said, what's best? Do we just like get anything we can get? Because when you first start, you're like a deal. I'll take them all. I don't care what I'm doing. There's no system to this. Let's yep. just get the cash. Um, 
so we took everything. That's why we did such a combination. And yeah. I honestly can say that a mistake we made was flipping so much out the gate. Ah, okay. I think really everyone talks about wholesaling as a really great beginner strategy because you can just stack the cash, right? Mm -hmm. Just learn how these transactions go because we quickly figured out that every transaction is different and all of these sellers are different and yeah. they're complicated sometimes Oh yeah, because we were targeting very distressed foreclosure sales. Okay. And I honestly do not even recommend that newbies start out in foreclosures. Yeah, I actually yeah. don't think they should. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, you know, you got to know where you are in the market, where where it's easiest to get started, timing wise, dollar wise, and certainly for a lot of people, flipping it doesn't make sense because you know maybe they get a partner for the buy, or, but if they get partner for the buy plus the reno plus play points plus play interest, there's there's no meat on the bone. Lots of times, right? Uh, Especially in this market, right? Yeah, it's so it's, competitive. Yeah, exactly. So our margins, I mean, it's great. A lot of people are like, I'm happy with 20 grand on a flip. A lot of other people are like, no way. That's no not chance. enough, you no. know, room uh, there. I could tell you having lived this world for 15 years, now 16 probably, um, it's no longer a seller's market. So, you know, being confident in making 20 grand, don't do that anymore, right? If, if you're out there right? watching this, you know, shoot for, my minimum is 30. Because you're one mistake away, you're two months, you know, holding cost away, you're one break in. I mean, they happen all the time, right? So exactly. And, and and honestly, the market can shift um, yeah. very, very quickly. In fact, we um, I interviewed Jason Bible yesterday on Propelio TV. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's a pretty big investor out of Houston. And, um, you know, he was talking about 90 day cycles, right? Yeah. Sometimes we look at the market as, you know, three to five years. But he's like, no, 90 days. I look at 90 days and that's how quickly something can shift. Well, think oh, about yeah. your flip. If, if something goes wrong or something major happens and you have to hold, I don't think, you know, as beginners, you really know to think about these things. You don't oh. know what you don't know. Yeah. You know, so. I totally agree with him. I have not heard of him, but his advice is wise. The, the market could change. I saw people worth $10 million in 08 be bankrupt nine months later because they were holding the wrong inventory. They lasted longer. They didn't, they didn't take the small pain. They're like, Oh, the market will come back. No, you, you know, right. you've, got, you've got 12 million dollar flips. You better just take your losses and to live another day. And they're like, no. And then three months later they were 800 grand and you know, pretty soon they were given back to the bank and you know, they were, they were bankrupt, which is a, it's a sad yeah, thing. Exactly. And the, and you know, the best investors you've seen out there have survived these types of situations and you have to ask why and how, um, I was listening to uh, somebody, I forget who said this, but it was really wise. They basically said, you know, this kind of market makes really bad habits because even if you screw up and you do your numbers completely wrong because the market is insane in Dallas mm -hmm. and, and like in the Texas area in general, um, I don't know what your audience is. So I'm in Texas. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can screw up and still make cash. And so bad habits form in this yeah. kind of market. No, no question. If you started in the last five years, all you have known is the best seller's market probably ever. And exactly. like you say, if you, if you, if you scope it wrong, if you budget wrong, if you hold it too long, you're rewarded in a seller's market because the market rose all ships, even your sinking ship got raised. But mm -hmm. guess what? It's changing. And the 90 day yeah. cycle is real. And it, the, you know, come May, come April, May, June, it's going to be different. And if you have high end stuff, 
I feel bad for you because it's, it's going to get painful, I think. So. That's a good point too. You know, we were, I, I used to be an analyst, so I also probably am a lot more nerdy about these kinds of things, <laughs> but uh, we also have a lot of why I like to say we're standing on the shoulders of giants here because in the last few years, you've been in it for a long time, it sounds like, but for us newbies, a lot of people who have been in it are looking at the market now and looking at all the resources and, and the availability of information in this market. And so you see such an increase in, in I always use investors yeah. <laughs> and wholesalers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, and, and it just seems like a really quick, easy thing to do until you get into the trenches of it. Yeah. And you start doing a lot of it. And then I'm really grateful for the people who can say, hey, don't do what I did. Let's let's cut three years out of your learning curve. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for that because um, there's people that started when I started. And I can honestly say I, I, several of them, maybe they've done one deal, maybe two. Yeah. And I asked myself what the difference is. And I think it's just a couple of things. It's one, just the network and yep. putting yourself out there. Yep. But second, just absorbing all the information you can in a short amount of period as you can so you can figure out your strategy as best you can. Oh, that's, that's very well said. And the other thing that you've, 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 you haven't said explicitly, but it's sort of been in the stories. You and your husband, Jason, have been on the same page since day one. Yes, that is a really, I often uh, take that for granted yeah. because <laughs> it's not, it's not um, the case lots of times. Yeah. And, uh, and there are several, um, there are several husband wife teams where it does take the wife of, and, and I, I know a lot of women that do it where their husband's not quite on board. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that that is really difficult because it's not just a knowledge thing. It's a, it's a complete mindset thing. Yeah. And I'll be really honest, like I struggled with getting there, but I had the luck of not the luck. I had the grueling process of two prior years of only commissioned and sales to kind of yeah. get myself into a place where I could accept real estate and, and the grind that it is because yeah. it's hard work when oh. you're starting. Yeah. Well, let's just, let's just applaud that, right? This is work, right? What you're doing, you know, it's a job. Now you own it. You're the CEO or COO or whatever you want to call yourself. It's yours, uh, but it's work, right? Being a wholesaler, oh, yeah. worker, it's, it's work, right? You, a funny story. So we, we, we're now trying to hire and kind of figure <laughs> out like what's great, right? Or get some help so that we can kind of start replacing ourselves and start, you know, kind of putting our resources elsewhere. And man, has it been a disaster because, <laughs> you know, I, I, it was funny. One, one, uh, individual, you know, we, we thought she'd be really good in one position and, um, you know, it was, it's a piece of, of the business, right? No, yeah. If everyone's doing everything, yeah. you're never going to get anywhere. Ask yeah. any successful person. And we were doing everything. And quite frankly, we made a commitment to that, to do everything. So we knew it and we learned, but yeah. there was like a time limit on that. Sure. And yeah. I remember this individual saying, so basically I'm just the admin answering phones. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm the admin. I'm doing the paperwork. I'm looking over everyone's shoulders. I'm actually the admin and I'm the owner. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. I'm doing all of the, the grunt work, trust me. And I would like to pay you nicely, but it was just funny to hear that mindset. You know, mm -hmm. they, it's not quite there uh, in terms of what it takes to run a real estate business. Yeah. Um, this doesn't happen a lot, but I just did an interview this morning with Mike Cower that you may want to check out with your husband, Jason. He basically what, he tells a story where he started where you were kind of doing 25, 30 transactions one year and then tells the whole story about how he grew his business up to 150 transactions a year and kind wow. of what, what he did 
at different aspects. And as you just said, one of the first key steps was making key, key and critical hires, right? Whether mm-hmm. that be, you know, answering the phones from inbound marketing or disposition or whatever. So, right, right. We actually it. found that one of the best hires we could possibly do is actually a personal assistant above acquisitions or dispositions. Yeah. And I don't, and I, and we just discovered that only because, and maybe it's a personality thing. Maybe you have to analyze your own personality and what you love and what you're good at. But for us, we, had such a success at building our deeper network early and building that so well over the year. Um, And then it was a matter of us trying to replace ourselves and what we're really good at. And that's the closing and the acquisitions. And you can't, you, you can't make somebody want what you want. And so we failed. I think, gosh, we tried to hire three or four acquisitions people and literally none of them have worked out. So we're like, you know what we do need to do? <laughs> we need to get the, the admin stuff. We need an assistant to get all the busy work off so that we can just go and get what we need. So for us, that was our mistake. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, again, you know, knowing you for five seconds and, and not, never meeting <laughs> Mason, you two have a unique um, experience, right? You're probably... I don't know, in the top 1.1% of, of closers out there. So you want to be the person across the table. You don't want to outsource that. That's the highest yeah. and best use of your time. So yes. focus on that. And then everything yeah. else, make that stuff go away. Make that somebody yeah. else's problem, right? So That's a hard thing to realize because you want, you, you want to save money when you're starting and you're like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. Trust me, you cannot. I, yeah. I can speak from, <laughs> there are days when I'm just dead because I'm trying to, you know, deal with title and uh, make sure everything's in order and these sellers and it can take and suck the energy out of your day. Yeah, you've got to, you've, in order for you to go from where you are now 30, which is wildly impressive, right? We've already acknowledged that. To take you from 30 to 60 or 90, that's without question the, the thing you've got to get rid of, right? And, and yeah. it's got to be a trusted resource. They're going to they're gonna make what they're going to make. But your ability to be energized and ready to talk to that next person across the kitchen table or front yard or wherever you have those conversations, you're going to just be in a much better spot, right? I could not imagine doing four hours of title work and frustrations and paperwork and then trying to be happy and energized to go see a client at 1215. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not, just, my husband's like, I'll take this one. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You go get that one. You're like frazzled. You're like hair sticking out to here. Yeah. I can yeah. only imagine. So, um, you know, so I, I'm curious. So he brought you into sales, right? Uh, full commission sales, selling windows. I'm trying to figure out sort of the origin story for you two. Uh, you meet in college or something, or I mean, how? Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> we we've actually really known each other for about as long as we've been married. So it's oh. been like, oh, and actually, this was another. We were interviewed by R.J. Bates of Titanium Investments. He has a, he has like a podcast yeah. that. He's on Propelio a lot. And he said, I just have to know how y'all do this because, you know, I do not understand a husband and a wife being able to work the way you do. And a lot of people want to get into this business with even a son or a daughter or, you know, a relative of some sort or even a best friend. And I think the same thing applies. Like you have got to know your strengths and weaknesses and your boundaries. And um, that took us a really long time to figure out. But okay we work together really, really well. We're complete opposites and it works. We just fill each other's gaps. Um, but you can find that interview on, you know, YouTube, if you Google Titanium Investments, you know, Casey and Jason, uh, and we talk about that for like an hour. I kind <laughs> of 
little things that we did, like, you know, the way we plan our days, we get up at 5 a.m. Like, we kind of just committed to doing things that boosted each other. That's awesome. Not I would check that out. <laughs> yeah. Not always easy. Not always easy. That's great. So, um, so how did you, I mean, where, when did real estate pop up? Obviously, you're selling windows and commission in, in number one team. Um, did real estate just really just come up because you wanted a higher commission thing? Or did someone in, the net, in your family, I guess his mother, your mother-in-law, is a top agent. So maybe that was kind of the sprinkle of knowledge or, or how did it all yeah, start? Yeah, honestly, I don't really know. It was like one day, and this is how my life goes. This <laughs> is how random it is. One day he was sitting on the couch and he was like, we need bigger ticket items. What's the next thing? The whole house. That is literally how his brain works. Ah. And he's like, it's not hard. <laughs> of course not. Not hard. He's like, sure. Well, you know, I've done it before and he has sold a house before. And it was, we were sitting on the couch and it was, I think it was, gosh, it had to have been, I want to say like October, maybe September, October of like 2017, I guess. Okay. Somewhere like yeah. in that ballpark. Um, and sure enough, the next day he had, he's like, I ordered classes. I was like, all right, well, I guess this is just I what guess we're, we're doing. Going. <laughs> I'm a total go with the flow type of person. Usually when it comes to like learning or I'm like, yeah. you know, at first I'm like, why are we doing this? I ask a lot of questions. I learned not to ask questions. You just go with it. Okay. All right. Very cool. Well, then, oh, at least that's how I did it. Yeah, no, that works. Um, so I am curious about this one. So let's fast forward three to five years. You know, what does your business look like? We probably had a different market cycle. You probably have people. Um, are you still in one market? You're still in Dallas? You know, what does it look like? That's a great question because, uh, you know, at, at, after your first year, I think you, I mean, I think this is a good question because when we started, I don't think we had a plan. It was just, let's do it. Yeah, let's go. Um, and yeah. so you start just taking any deal and, and then you start realizing what work goes into it and what do we need to do to not feel like we're spinning our wheels every day. And only in the last, I want to say two to three months, have we stopped and asked that question. Hmm. Um, I wish we did it earlier, but it was a steep learning curve. I think what we'd like to do is we, you know, a lot of people take three, it's like this year two or three, when you see people who are committed to wholesaling or flipping really kind of take off and scale. It mm -hmm. usually takes about that time. Sure. I would like to not take three years, but I also don't want to build a wholesale business. That's what I decided. I actually don't want to build a wholesale business. Okay. That's the advice of my CPA, ironically. And <laughs> well, because your tax liability is high. Oh, it's yeah. work. Oh, You're yeah. not, it's not passive income. It's a job. Oh, I've just, and, it's, it's work. It's a job. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we started talking and in three to five years, we, we would actually um, are gearing up. Um, again, Jason Bible blew my mind the other day. And, and so this interview comes just in time. He had this meltdown one day where they were doing like 10 to 20 houses a month on camera. He was being interviewed and the guy asked him a really simple question. He said, if you had kept 25 of the 100, 125 you did that year, what would be your net worth? <laughs> right? That's, that's a question where Ouch. you're like, oh God. Yeah. And so he told me about this meltdown. This was just yesterday. And he said, you could see it on camera. He, so they did the math, like real math. He said, well, let's see. They would cash flow in this area an average about 700 a house. He looks, he was like, that's like 90,000 a month cash flow. And he's like, so what would your like net worth be? And he's like, does the math, he's like, like 12 million. <laughs> that to me was like a brain explosion. I was like, 
Oh no. Wow. When you think about it that way, you get so focused on trying to build your business a certain way yeah. that you don't really stop to think, okay, how can I uh, make my money work for me? And so I stopped and my husband's been like, we need to figure out how to get the cash in order to grow a portfolio. Yeah. So we were so focused on just getting the cash, quick cash in our yeah, bank yeah. account. Yep. Um, so in three to five years, we honestly, I mean, it's hard to put a number on net worth because quite frankly, I think I don't, what I think is possible, it's probably well beyond that. But I would like to have a really healthy portfolio of, of, of rentals and houses yep. um, and, and even maybe owner finance and do some owner financing deals, uh, yep. maybe own a mobile home park. I know that's something he really wants because okay. that's just an interesting business mm. model. So I think um, without giving you a very exact frame, we're kind of switching gears yeah. to start acquiring properties, maybe yeah. even one a month in the next year, yeah. if we could. Very um, cool. Wholesaling off what we want, maybe wholesaling a few for the actual cash flow, yep. but we really want to be starting that actual wealth, that like net yeah. worth up. Well, do me a favor, send me your address and I will send you my book. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. I will do that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll autograph it for you and Jason because awesome. you know, the, you know, my story just in a nutshell is just that, right? I was a full-time employee made, you know, I was a sales guy too, sold software, right? Enterprise software, big stuff, you know, million dollar ticket mm -hmm. items. And um, I had to build my property one, one rental at a time. It took 15 years, but now, you know, you have 175 rentals and net worth is what it is and cash flow is what it is and you don't have to work anymore. So yeah. So uh, how many, when you started, how quickly did you acquire them? So we, we, uh, you'll read it in the book, but we got to, oh, we got to eight houses in about four years. And then okay. that's right around the peak, right? In 08, uh, we did what's called a 1031 exchange because we were watching mm -hmm. the market and we, we moved the equity into apartment building. So we went from eight to 80 uh, in about a year, all via, and this is what your tax accountant's telling you, right? Oh, my income's not mm -hmm. active. It's passive. I used a 1031 exchange. Then the crash happens. You know, we buy everything we can, uh, hard money, private money. But again, we're buying and holding, right? I'm, I'm not the guy right. that sold. I bought properties for 40 grand that are now worth 200 grand, right? Yeah. I bought a lot of them. So, you know, I'm yeah. the guy that didn't sell. Um, so yeah, yeah, and I would like sold. to be positioned for the next crash. Like, I want to be the person that's buying the properties in the next crash. So um, who knows if it's going to be as bad. I think we still have a really high number of cash buyers. So I don't think it's going to be quite the same, no, it's, but at it's, the end of the day, yeah, market dip. Yeah. The market's going to dip. It'll be soft. It, let's just take this off the table. It will not be 2008. As somebody who's right. witnessed it and went through it firsthand and I started before it, that was 100% a financing problem. That wasn't a exactly. real estate problem. It was a financing problem. And right, that stuff right. had to get flushed out. It's just unfortunate that the finance was tied to an asset. The asset was called a house. Hence, mm -hmm. it all exploded. Um, you have so many people now with 30-year money with 3% interest on it, 4%. They don't have to sell, right? Right. Um, you know, so we're, right. we're gonna get, it's going to get soft. Things above the median are going to be in trouble. But um, the skill that you have and the experience you have, you're going to be able to look at, you're gonna be able to look at a, somebody sitting across the table or on the front lawn and go, hey, do I want to pay cash? Do I want to help them list it? Do I want to keep this? Do I want to hotel it? Yeah. You're, you're truly the entrepreneur who's going to be, have help them, right? Cause you've got to do it of service, but then you'll also be able to, you know, do what's right for you and your husband. So that's, yeah. Special. And I think that's 
and I, and I really, you know, you're right. It's one of those things where you have to have multiple exit strategies and you'll survive in any economy. Even, you know, we talked right before, you know, we went on about being licensed, right? Mm -hmm. That's also another tool in your tool belt. And another, I, you know, there was a time when we, we were both licensed and then we decided to do investing. Yep. And a lot, and he, my husband considered dropping his license for a lot of reasons. Cause actually a lot of people were telling us it's the best thing to do. Well, we yep. realized that wasn't great advice for us because we list, gosh, with our marketing, we end up listing with distressed sellers, foreclosures. Mm -hmm. When you've got enough time and you price it right and you do it right, you can make more than a lot of people on a wholesale fee. Absolutely right. No, there's, there's and no so question. That's just another tool. Yeah. I, I think that is genius. If you are running a business and real estate is your product, if you don't have the ability, it doesn't necessarily have to be you, but if you don't have somebody in your office that can take a motivated lead who trusts you and is working with you, and as you say, hey, you've got 90 days and the house is pretty clean, let's just list and sell, you're missing out. And, and you're right. The commission on some of these houses, depending on what their price, could be more than your traditional wholesale fee. So, you know, don't be silly. Absolutely. And, and brokerages now are coming around to be more investor focused. Absolutely. And so people don't even know they exist. My, my, my husband and I are actually at two different brokerages for a very strategic reason. He's with Real Estate Reformation, which is a Texas-based, 100% um, commission, pay a monthly fee, but that's it, but it's all investors. Mm -hmm. They let us do tons of stuff. I'm with Stepstone Realty, also in Texas, but they're in Houston, San Antonio, um, Austin, and Dallas, and they're completely different they actually do teach wholesaling to normal realtors. They're like mm -hmm. a really rare breed over here where, yeah, they still have a split like other brokerages, but there's no fees monthly at mm -hmm. all. And we have loan servicing with our brokerage. If I want to do a wrap, I get to call my broker. Can you imagine? Do you know how yeah. many brokers are like, yes, Casey, you can go wrap that house. <laughs> you know, nobody does that. That's so awesome. it's really cool to have that kind of, um, you know, support with an actual brokerage um and you end up knowing more than most realtors just because oh. you've got the investor side of things there's no question i mean the beauty of what you're doing here right you're an investor first and that's what we started off with the introduction but mm -hmm. again one of the tools in your bag it's okay to be a realtor right i after i stopped working right uh, i went and got my license in california i just use it for my stuff right mm -hmm. i don't actively market i'm never going to do an open house uh, but yeah, if I'm going to buy 30 properties this year, I might as well get the buy side. I mean, what the heck? I, it, right. It's funny you say I never do an open house. When I, when I did get first licensed, um, I did think, okay, let me try and do this realtor thing. It's so <laughs> not my personality. I'll never forget the first open house I ever did for somebody else. The guy, cause I had already been learning investing yeah. And I thought, well, why not? I'll just go hold an open house. I've never done it before. So I go yeah. to this open house and I remember this guy walking in and he says, it was a house over here in the colony, which is a great investment area. And he goes, he's walking around. I said, Oh, you know, are you looking to buy a house? And he goes, Oh, I'm looking for an investment property. And I was like, Oh, the number, this is not, this is not <laughs> index. And I literally was like, I was like, Oh my, that was like the moment I realized I was like, I'm not cut out for this. Yeah. I'm going to like talk everybody out of a sale that walks in this door. But it's like, but, but by the way, if you need properties, call me. I can probably, yeah, I, I got a couple. Yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> So I learned that really quickly. I'm like, eh, I'm probably more on the investor side. Yeah, I'll yeah. just cut my losses here. No, that's great. So again, so you're going to, you're, you're, you're transitioning, you know, with coaching from your CPA. Absolutely. Right. There's, yeah, there's just huge tax benefits. Asset. Yeah, no, exactly. Your accountant should be an asset. They shouldn't just be a bookkeeper. They should be helping you sort of, you know, 
to pay the least amount of taxes possible. So, so well, he, he's the one that sat me down and said, what's your three to five year? Oh, and he oh. knows my attorney. That's brilliant. Your CPA oh. and your attorney should know each other. Amen and, to that. Uh, he asked me that and I said, he goes, and he said the same thing. He goes, listen, I deal with a lot of investors, a lot you'd think someone who's been wholesaling for three, four years would have a, a, a high, you know, amount of money in their account. He goes, no, they actually don't. So genuinely, what do you want to do here? Cause I can make it happen. And I was like, huh? I like I you. I, you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're hired. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's amazing how many wholesalers, um, that you talk to, you see at events and they're like, Hey, we do 30 transactions. You know, even if you assume they're all 10 K each, you know, that's, that's 300 grand, right? That's gross. And then you, then you got to start taking stuff out, right? Then there's the marketing costs and the office costs. Yes. And it's not, it is not as lucrative as, as a lot of people think. And, and mm -hmm. it's, it is, it's funny. I just went to the mailbox literally before this call started. And cause I own a fair amount of properties. I had a stack this big of, of postcards from three different people. Right. Cause they, all of them decided to send me one postcard per property I own. I'm like, how stupid. Oh, <laughs> don't even clean your mailing list. Right. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's bad. That's and I do. I think people just kind of shoot out in the dark because there are a lot of, there are a lot of people out there in groups that are giving that, that kind of advice. Oh, it's, it's, it's like, just write this. You're good. It's like, no, you have to have some sense of brain power in scrubbing it, seeing mm -hmm. who's who do some, like, I know one guy, he's a big wholesaler in San Antonio. He has a private investigator in house. <laughs> Legit. Skip I mean, trace, he's, yeah. he's yeah. like, I'm going to track these people down. So they, you have to put some thought into what you're doing. If you're going to be successful, you just have to, you yeah. have to think through. Yeah. There's no question. Wholesaling. Cause again, I've been doing this so long back in 2007 and eight, the flipping was the, talk of every meeting or every event I it's went the to. Sexiest right? thing to. It was do. the sexiest thing. HGTV and you flip this and flip that and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so many people got burned because they, they followed the gurus around, right? One of yeah. my red flags is, is when gurus come out of the network or out and start going around, that's when that topic is done. And unfortunately, wholesaling has gotten there. Right. I can't tell yeah, you. I, I mean, I, I'm actually not opposed. This has been a, a big debate in a lot of circles. I'm sure you've seen it kind mm -hmm. of online and other places is I, I would not be opposed with wholesale, like having to have a license to wholesale. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think it would weed out a lot of people who aren't serious about it. Cause my biggest beef with it is these sellers that you deal with. Like I said, I don't think you should go after foreclosures when you first start, you have got to know, how to handle these things in a short amount of time, how to open title. I see these crazy things where they're like, I have a contract and I have a buyer. What do I do? Ugh. And I'm like, you haven't even opened title. Do you know what the payoff is? Are you authorized to get the payoff? Like how yeah. can you have a buyer if you don't know if there's been a loan mod and there's 25,000 on the back end that you don't know about? Yeah. It, it blows my mind. And so those types of things I'm like, and then we say, well, what do you do if you can't sell it? Yeah. And they're like, well, I'll just walk away. And we're like, that is someone's life that, you know, they're trusting you to yeah. take care of their problem. And you're treating it like, well, I have an easy out and I can have a long option period and I'm out. And yeah. so I think there's a gap there of integrity. And that, that cavalier attitude is um, huge turnoff for me, right? I, I, you know, I purposely network with as many wholesalers as I can, but that's one of the questions I talk about is, you know, what happens if you can't, if you can't close, right? Somebody, yeah. somebody who's usually in a bad spot where time is a problem, you've made them a promise and a commitment and you can't hold it up. And if you, I mean, if you act like you're generally heartbroken and give them their deposit or whatever you earnest money and you have to walk away, I get it. But if you just flippantly say, oh, too bad, 
off to the next one. I'm like, oh. Can't buy it. Yeah. And if you don't have the network, like, listen, there's times where, like, if I, I'll never take a deal if I can't, like, I, there's so many resources out there. Uh-huh. I either know someone that can take it off my hands or I can get some hard money to close it and deal with it because at the end of the day, if I'm not going to buy it, I'm not going to try and sell it to somebody else. Amen to it that. might not fit my portfolio, but I do have higher buyers. I've got a range of buyers. And yep. so that's a huge piece that I think beginners miss is that like the deep, deep network yeah. of being able to do what you need to do if it comes to that in your first strategy does work. Yeah. I think that, I mean, one of the things you just said there that I just want to repeat is if, again, I've never been a wholesaler. It's just, right. I'm a buy and hold guy. And I picked up flipping last year because I'm bored because I don't work anymore. What a problem. But I've never wholesaled, but I can tell you one thing that I would never sign a wholesale contract if I wasn't willing to close myself. Right. right. Yeah. Basically the price isn't good enough. Um, exactly. I have no problem negotiating and walking away from the table, but if you get my signature on a contract, I'm basically telling you, I'm going to close myself if I have to. Now I may want to go make 10 or 15 grand and, and assign it, but mm-hmm. I would never, I would always close on everything I signed. And I don't see that in a lot of wholesalers. Yeah, that's true. That's very yeah. true. And that can be really scary when you first start and maybe you just don't. And, it, and if you are scared by that and you're getting started, then you need to ask yourself, what kind of resources do I need in order to keep my word? And because, yeah. you know, character, integrity is everything in this business. That is also a huge lesson I've learned yeah. Oh <laughs> sometimes yeah. the hard way <laughs> with other people. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And, and so, you know, wholesaling is a wonderful way. It got us started. It, it's, Gosh, we, we've taken times, uh, in fact, these last 12 weeks, we said, let's just wholesale everything. Let's just stack some cash while we systematize and mm-hmm. figure out what we're doing. Um, and then after doing it for 12 weeks, I'm like, oh gosh, get me out. <laughs> yeah, let's start holding some stuff. <laughs> I would like to pivot. <laughs> yeah, very, very cool. Well, well, Casey, this has been a lot of fun. Um, I always turn over the show to the guests to, to share whatever they like, how to get a hold of you. If you're looking for private money, whatever you'd like, um, go ahead. Yes. Awesome. Um, so, uh, my husband and I are very good at closing. Like we said, um, we kind of specialize in, in foreclosures and really distressed situations. Um, they call me, I'm like, I call myself the title queen cause I'm so particular. <laughs> I like a title to be clear and ready to go if we need to close the deal in 12 hours. So my point being is if you, if you're new at this and if you, if you're in Texas, obviously the Dallas, you know, I have contacts in San Antonio and Houston as well. But if you are in this area and you need help closing those kinds of leads, you can absolutely reach out to my husband and I, and we can help you and all that good stuff. If uh, you need help dispositioning a deal because you just don't have a good buyer, we've got a lot of those. Um, and we can partner, kind of co-wholesale those types of things. But of course, my husband and I are always looking for private money. My favorite thing is they say, inv- every investor in the room, you know, raise your hand if you have money to lend, you raise your hand. Raise your hand if you need money, raise your hand. You know, like there's never enough money. So um, yeah, we're always looking for people. You know, we've got some experience and we've got a portfolio. It's small compared to people like you, but um, we are always looking for money partners and, and doing stuff that way. Um, and if you just have deals and we might buy them. So <laughs> we're, we're mainly focused in uh, Dallas, Fort Worth area, like all outskirts as well. Like we're not opposed to buying outside of the Metroplex, but um, we hope to maybe expand to other markets, but we're staying where what we know for now. That's very cool. And now how oh, would somebody get a hold of you? <laughs> yes, great question. So um, you can email me. That's a really great way. Um, it's Casey, C-A-S-E-Y at Round Grove 
Properties. That's R-O-U-N-D-G-R-O-V-E Properties.com. Uh, or Facebook. Facebook is a really awesome way to get a hold of me. My last name is Della, D-E-H-L-E. There's not a lot of us on there. I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, shoot me a message first because I, I, the friend request, I'm just not going to see it. Uh, but shoot me a message, um, introduce yourself, um, and we can talk real estate. It's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> And if, again, if you're in the Texas or Dallas area, I'd highly recommend reaching out. The power of the network, as she has shared many times, you know, got them started. Uh, and she's clearly giving back by accepting this interview and the one that I saw previously and everything else she does. So uh, do yourself a favor and reach out to Casey and Jason and, and uh, have some fun. And real estate can be a fun business. It can be. There's nothing like the thrill of a good deal. <laughs> amen. Amen. Well, thank you very much. And you have a great thank day. Thank you so much. You too. Bye. Bye.